Well, good morning, everyone. God bless you. It's good to be here this morning. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn to one or two people and say, it's really good to see you this morning. God bless you. And also ask them, also ask them, where were you last Sunday? Ask them, where were you last Sunday? (laughs) You were here last Sunday. That's great. That's great. That's what we want to hear. Amen. Praise God. Well, as, as you've heard, my name is Grady. I'm Grady Reed, and I'm the, I'm the pastor for Christian Life Center Church, and my, my wife is the co-pastor of that church, and uh, we've been married, well, I have been married for 33 years to the same woman. Matter of fact, it's not the same woman because she's changed so much over the years that I guess over that period of time I must have had a th- 30 different wives, but to the same woman. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. It says it's good to change. Say it's good to change. Don't make preaching hard for me this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, and I think she's had a few husbands as well over that period of time. And she's just such a wonderful gift to my life and to everything I do. She's a wonderful woman of God. She leads um, <clears throat> her primary gift in is praise and worship. But she's one of these people who really makes you jealous because she does everything. She sings, she preaches, she counsels. She works um, in the office as our facilities manager. And she does everything. And I've just got like this one little gift of preaching. Well, I think it's a gift of preaching. Some people say it's not. Uh, there's, there's still a big debate going on about, about that. But, you know, I'm trying to convince people that I can. I do have one gift. Um, but she's just such a wonderful blessing to my life um, over the years. So I've been married for 33 years. Um, I've got three great kids. Um, they're all hooked up in the church, all serving God, all going for Jesus. They're just really fantastic kids. I've been in Oxford since 1990, and um, 15 years ago, we started, um, God led us to start CLC Church, and, and, you know, God has really helped us over the years, and last year, we managed to, to, to acquire the Regal Hall, and God is just doing some awesome stuff, um, which I hope I will be able to get into a bit of it today. Um, with you. So I'm really happy to be here today. I'm really happy that God has joined Pastor Steve and myself. We really created a lovely friendship between us. And I really do honor Steve greatly. I kind of call him up often when I'm in some, any kind of difficulties or problems or I need some technical help or some kind of advice in some way. He's normally the guy I call upon and say, Steve, you know, what would you do in this situation? So I want us tonight, today, this morning, to put our hands together for Steve Jones, your senior pastor. Praise God. I was kind of debating with him today, say, you know, Steve, you know, how should I be dressed? Do you guys wear kind of shorts and slacks and t-shirt do you look like you're going football when you come to church because I need to know I don't want to come in a suit and a tie and a waist jacket you know three-piece kind of you know so he said no no just go for the middle of the range and I said well you know you got to dress up 
because you're coming to us. So, so I think today he's got a tie and a suit on. I hope somebody takes some pictures. Okay, because I want to email it to you and say, this is Pastor Steve. You shouldn't. <laughs> but it's really great to be here this morning. <clears throat> also, I have a really good friend of ours who's been in our ministry for many years, Simba. Just stand up, Simba. Just kind of, it's just, let's put our hands together for Simba. <clears throat> so I take this opportunity of greeting everyone today in the name of Jesus and, um, and um, Keith as well. That is Keith. That, so. And Eileen, God bless you guys. And also the, 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 um, OCC family. May God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. I know Keith has prayed for me, but do you mind if I also pray for me? <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Father, we just want to appreciate you for this time. We give you glory and praise and honor. And we pray your will shall be done today. And Father, you'll use me as your vessel this morning to minister the word of God. I really thank you for your grace. And I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to minister to the family of OCC this morning. Lord, be glorified in everything and receive all the praise through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, today I want to use for a subject the let us factor. The let us factor. You know, each year we, we kind of watch TV and the whole, the whole country is captivated by what they call the X factor. And for about four months, the whole country, nobody goes out Saturday night and Sunday night. Everybody stays indoors and they watch this thing called the X factor. And basically what they're looking for is, is, um, somebody with a talent that stands out. Somebody with an ability that stands out and somebody with the ability that will get your attention, get your focus, get your aim. They're looking for that, that woman, that boy, that girl with that hex factor about them, whether it's their voice, whether it's their personality, whatever it is they look for, they're looking for somebody who can make them a lot of money. And some people have got really, really rich out of this, this X factor. And this X factor has caught the attention of our nation. Not just our nation, but they do versions of that in different parts of the world. And it's really got the attention of the whole world, so to speak. And so today I want to talk to you about the let us factor. Because if a church or a community of people can get all of this let us factor, it is amazing what God will do. It is amazing what God will do in your life. It's amazing what God will do in our community. It's amazing what God will do in our family, in our churches. If we get hold of this hex factor, this let us factor, whether it's a man and a wife, whether it's a church, whatever it is, if we get hold of this let us factor, you'll be amazed of what God can do. So let's turn our Bibles to Psalms 122 and verse 1. Psalms 122 and verse 1. And the psalmist says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord I was glad. The psalmist said, 
let, when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There is something that happens in the spirit when we allow ourselves to let us. When we allow ourselves to let us go to the house of the Lord. And if you notice here, the, the, the adjective is, I was glad. The attitude, the feeling is one of gladness. Not, oh, it's Sunday again, and I better get up to go to God's house. No, it's one of gladness. It's one of joy. The attitude is, it is Sunday, and we're going to the house of the Lord, and we're going to do it together. Hallelujah. David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You see, under the law, David worshiped God in the spirit. Someone with an inferior covenant and a greater revelation of the house of God than many Christians who have been blessed with a more with a superior covenant. Do you know that we have a superior covenant to David? We now have a revelation of what God's house really is about. That it is a place where God dwells. It is a place where God brings his people together so that he can manifest his presence in his house. The house of God is a great place to be on a Sunday morning. And the attitude that we bring is not, oh, it's Sunday again. I better, you know, I, I better get up and go because, you know, Pastor Steve will see that I'm not there and, and he's going to ask someone to phone me to find out where, where was I on Sunday. So, you know, for me not to get no phone calls in the week, I better get up and go to the house of the Lord. It is not that attitude you bring. You do not bring that attitude to the house of the Lord. The attitude that you bring to the house of the Lord, I am glad I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm going to hear great worship. I'm going to hear great preaching. I'm going to hear great testimonies. And my life is going to grow and I'm going to be blessed of the Lord. And I'm going to take that blessing and I'm I'm going to take it into the marketplace. I'm going to take it into my workplace. I'm going to take it into my family who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to take this let us factor out of the house and I'm going to bring it into a wider community because I am going to God's house and I'm going to meet with God Sunday morning. Hallelujah. For our, for our lives to be transformed and empowered by church. We've got to have this let us factor. You know, there are lots of organizations. There is the footballers. When they go to watch their team, there is a, they got a let us do this together. They want to see their team win. They want to see their team do well. They want to see their team overcome the opposition. And so they're shouting. You know, we just watched the, um, the European, the, um, the, um, European Cup. And, um, you know, I don't know. I was really glad when, when England got knocked out because watching them is really painful. <laughs> it's really painful. I want them to win. I'm, I'm desperate for them to win, but watching them is so painful. It's so, oh, pass the ball. <laughs> Please. And I'm struggling. So, you know, I was disappointed when they got knocked out, but, but 
in one sense I was glad. But you know, them guys who go to support them, they're shouting and they're saying, come on England. And they're in it and their emotions are in it and their strength are in it. And everything they got is in that England team winning. They want their team to do well. You know, and we come to the house of God to serve a big God. He's a mighty God. He's the one that gives us breath. He's the one that gives us life. You know, and sometimes we just, well, here I am. Well, I've come. You should be so happy that I've come to God's house. You know, some people come, they got this stinking, nasty attitude. Excuse my French, but they got this stinking, nasty attitude. And they come to the house of the Lord. And you're supposed to rejoice because they've come with their bad attitude. And I always say to my church people, listen, if you're coming to church with that bad attitude, you've come to the wrong place. Because God's house is supposed to be a place of gladness. God's house is supposed to be a place of thanksgiving. God's house is, when I come to God's house, I'm going to give my best. I'm going to give my worship. I'm going to give everything that I got within me. I'm going to worship Him who is King of kings and Lord of lords. Why? Because He deserves it. He changed my life. You know, we have a young man in our church and... When he first came up, I, I, I wanted to, you know, to, cause he, you know, he really shouts. <laughs> and he, you know, he's worship and he's going, Aah! he's got this massive big mouth. And at first I wanted to go and say, listen, you're disrupting the worship. <laughs> but then I found out where he came from. I found out he was one of these guys who would be in gangs, fighting with police, robbing people, fights on the streets. He was always being put behind bars. And God saved his life. And now he's gone crazy for Jesus. You see, you see, when God has done something for you, you don't shut up. You don't keep quiet. You don't relax about it. You see... What our problem is, because, you know, some of us, you know, you had your life together before you came to Jesus. But people like me, I didn't have my life together. My life was a mess. My life was disorderly. I was crazy. I was stupid before I came to the Lord. And God, when when I came to Him, He put my life together. So when I come to the house of God, I got to thank Him. I got to praise Him. I got to give Him the glory. Hallelujah. But you see, if God ain't done nothing for you, it's okay. You know, Jesus said, Jesus went to somebody's house once. You know, and this lady came in. And, you know, the religious folks, you know, she came in and she started to cry. And to cry on Jesus' feet. And wipe his feet with her hair. And anoint him. And the religious folks says, this guy can't really be a good prophet. Because if he really was, he would know that this person is a bad person. And he would keep himself away from her. And Jesus gave a story. And basically, the thrust of the story was that, you know, the more that you have been forgiven is the more you love. Yeah. The person who forgave you. You see, 
if I owed Simba a hundred pounds and I owed Keith ten thousand pounds and both of them came and said, Grady, listen, that money that you owe us, forget it. You know, I'm just, we're just wiping it out. You see, I'm going to hug up Keith and kiss him. <laughs> you understand? I mean, I don't really believe in kissing men, but I will hug him and I will kiss him and his wife might even become jealous. Why? Because of the forgiveness I've received. It's an enormous amount of money. You see, and when you lo- you see, when God is, when we come into a revelation and understanding of what God has forgiven us of, you, you can't shut up your mouth. You gotta praise Him. You gotta honor His name. You gotta glorify His name. And that's what David was talking about. David understood what it was to be taken from being a shepherd boy and being put into the palace of the king and being made a king in Israel. And all his enemies being subject to him. And he knew that was the work of God. And so David would rejoice. And he would say, I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go into the house of the Lord. If you think that's just Old Testament stuff, well, the New Testament backs that up as well. And in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. I wanted to read it from the NLT, the New Living Translation, but it's not, I can't get it downloaded on here. But in Hebrews, that's a problem with technology, sometimes doesn't work like it should. But in Hebrews 10, let's see if we can get it right this time. So I brought it back up. <clears throat> Hebrews 10. Can't beat this. Praise God. <clears throat> Hebrews 10 and verse 19. It says, Therefore, brethren... Having boldness to enter the holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. He says we have boldness. We have boldness. When we come into the house of the Lord, guess what? We have boldness to come into his presence. Hallelujah. To enter the holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Now listen to this. Verse 22, it says, Let us, somebody say, let us. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let us It's a corporate thing. It's it's something that we do together. We come together. We draw near together. We draw near together. 
Let us, let us draw near with a true heart. Let us is not let me, it's let us, it's inclusive, it's corporate. Let us draw near together with a true heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us Oh, fast, the confession of our hope. Let us. It's a corporate thing. It's an inclusive thing. I'm not left out. You are not left out. It's an inclusive thing. We've come together. We've, uh, we have this let us mentality. There's a let us voice. We are all in this together. We have a let us spirit because we have the spirit of Almighty God. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. Verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another. Let us consider one another. Not let us consider. I wonder if Andy Murray is going to win today. First British victory for at Wimbledon for 220 years. <laughs> I wonder if Lewis Hamilton is going to win today. British Grand Prix. Now, that's not what they're considering. This is what they're considering. And let us consider one another. Yeah. Person on your right. Yeah. Person on your left. A person behind you. The person in front of you. Let us consider one another. Why? To stir up love and good works. To stir up love. Stir up the love of God in us. And good works. Your good works. See, church is not just coming to church on Sunday. It's good works. We have to have good works. When you go out this building today... Something should be lodged in your heart. Something should be lodged in your spirit. Good works. I need to stir up someone today with good works. With good works. Good works for God. I'm going to encourage somebody to get into the good works of God. Because church is not a spectator sport. We're not going to football. We are not at Wimbledon. We are not at Silverstone. It's about good works in Christ. It's about stirring up one another. I need to stir you up. You need to stir me up. We need to stir up one another for good works in Christ. It's what church is about. It is not a spectator sport. Every one of you should be going out today and saying, I'm bringing somebody to church next week. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Faith is not something you put under your mattress and you just have it for your house and for your family. We take our faith into the marketplace. We take our our faith to our families, those who don't know Christ. And we bring them. We say, come to church. We need to stir up one another for good works. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Glory be to God. <clears throat> Stir up good works. And look at this. In the new NLT version, it actually 
starts out by saying, let us practice the assembling of ourselves. It doesn't say that in the um, New King James Version. But what it does say, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exalting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What is the writer of Hebrews saying? The writer of Hebrews is saying, he's saying, he's saying the practice of forsaking together, of the practice of not forsaking together, sorry, the practice of not assembling together is a sin. Now, I know I'm talking to the converts today because you guys are here. But he's saying the practice of not assembling together is a sin. So he's saying, listen, as you see the day of the Lord approaching, he says, stop, stop, stop not getting together. In other words, as you see the day of the Lord approaching, all those excuses that you will have for not coming to church, stop, 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 stop it. All those excuses that you will have for not assembling together, stop, stop, stop it. Paul is saying, that's really what he's saying. He's saying this thing is so important, the assembling of yourself together is so important. Why? Because it's a let us thing. Say let us. us. Hallelujah. Let us. Let us. It's a let us factor in the word. And we've got to become radical about the word. We've got to become radical about our faith. We've got to become radical about the things of God. We make too much excuses for not serving God with strength. We make too much excuses for not serving God with power. Radicalism is not just among blacks. Radicalism is not for black churches. It's for all of us. We all need to be radical for Jesus. And I know what some of you are saying. Well, he's black. That's why he's doing that. That's why he's all acting. No, it's because I love Jesus. Because I love God. And he's done something for me. Are you listening to me? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We can all be radical for God. We need to stop this pious Christianity. That's why I, I preach like this every Sunday. So don't look at me with that shock and amazement. Ah! What's Pastor, what's Pastor Steve brought to us? <laughs> I love you guys. Amen? Amen. We've got to be radical for Jesus. What he's done for us means that we've got to serve him with life and strength and power. We've got to make some choices in our lives. And one of those choices we've got to make is that we've got to have this letter us mentality. This let us factor about us. But our gathering is, you see, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. First Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1 to 4. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, for we know that if our earthly Sorry, that's the wrong. First Corinthians 5. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Paul says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has, a, has his father's wife. 
and you are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed has absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged as though I have I were present, although I was present with him who has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Paul was radical. But listen to what Paul is saying here. Paul, Paul hears, um, Paul hears this really bad news. What's going on here in Corinth? And, you know, this, this guy in the church is sleeping with his mother-in-law, with his, um, with his stepmother. And so Paul gets this report and it's kind of a, a bit shocking because Paul is saying, listen, the world, not even the world does that stuff. And this is happening in the church. So Paul writes this letter and Paul is saying, listen, when the church gets together, say get together. Say get together. When the church gets together, Paul says, along with my spirit. Now, Paul says, my spirit is there. And, and this, and you know, this is the way it works. For example, if, um, if, you know, Pastor Steve travels somewhere and, you know, Keith rings him and says, Keith, um, Steve, we got a problem in the church. And Steve said, what's the problem? Because, you know, I'm way out in India somewhere. What's the problem, Keith? Well, you know, this is the problem. Now, do you believe that because Steve is the pastor here, do you believe he will be able to form some kind of judgment with regards to the solution of the problem? Yes, his spirit is here. So this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, along with my, when you, you guys need to sort this issue out, along with my spirit, my spirit is going to be there in terms of you guys making a judgment about this situation. My spirit is going to be there. But more importantly, look what Paul says. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, along with my spirit, with what? The power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, when you guys come together with my spirit, not just with my spirit, but with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, guess what? God's power is here. When you come together... God's power is there. You know, people have been really nice to me since I've been here this morning. And they've been saying, saying to me, um, go for it. They say, don't hold back. <laughs> I don't really need that encouragement anyway. But <laughs> they say, don't hold back. But you know something? More importantly than me being here, is that the power of the Holy Spirit is here. His power is here. When you get together, it's not just meeting with Joe and Harry and Mary and Sue. You're meeting with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You're meeting with the power of God. The power of God is here. And let me tell you something. Anyone who buys into this let us factor, they're not just, they're not just buying into the let us factor with folks. They're buying into the let us factor with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is right here in our midst this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15. Why is he here? Ephesians 4 verse 15. I like to kind of move around the scriptures. My preaching style is that, you know, I, I kind of connect scripture to scripture more than just using one scripture and doing an expository preaching. I just like to connect scripture to scripture. And in, in um, Ephesians 4 and verse 15, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what heavy joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So Paul is saying, listen, when we come together, each part is doing its share. We all have different functions that we carry out in the body. And Paul says, in love, each part does its share that helps it to grow and the body to knit together. So, Our job is to gather together, but guess what? The Holy Spirit fits us together. Or he assembles us together. Have you ever fitted a kitchen, anyone? Fitted a kitchen? And it's all coming to go all these packs and packs and packs of stuff. And you've got to hem to the packs. And then you've got to do what? Assemble the cupboards, and then you got to put the cupboards in and this and that, you know. And what us guys like to do, before we read the instructions, we like to start the job. <laughs> Only to get halfway into the job, find this ain't fitting together. <laughs> and your wife comes and says, did you read the instructions, honey? Could you leave me alone, please? Do you want to do the job? Amen? And so, you've got to take all the cupboards back down, and you've got to go back to what? Square one, because you ain't assembled it right. Isn't it good to know that we gather together, but the Holy Spirit assembles us? And guess what? He's never wrong. He is never wrong. And so we've got to bring together this let us factor. Let us together. Let us in one. Let us do this thing. Hallelujah. Because when God sees a let us factor, there is a great outpouring of his power and his anointing. Look at this in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 17. Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 2 
and verse 17. <clears throat> then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in. Our Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build a wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do this good work. You know, something amazing is happening here because, you know, this is, this is like a, a miracle scripture really because what you have, you got Nehemiah who's kind of, you know, was in Babylon is, um, and he comes back to Jerusalem. The gates all broken down. The city is a mess. He have a looks around, he has a look around the city and, you know, God has put this great, um, vision on his heart and it, after he's kind of surveyed the city, he comes and he calls the people and he says, listen guys, look at the mess that Jerusalem is in. And he says, let us. And amazing, something amazing happened. There's a transfer of the let us factor from the leader to the people. <laughs> the leader says let us and then this, the next verse you read the momentum is also with the people the people are saying let us you know you got a good church when the people start to say let us <laughs> glory be to God hallelujah let us. There's this fantastic transfer of the let us factor from the leader to the people. And God wants this transfer to take place in every single church. That there will be a, a transfer of the let us factor from the leader to the people. From the people to all the people that's coming into the church. And we have this transfer taking place. And guess what? God brings fantastic increase. Say increase. increase. Hallelujah. Say exponential increase. Exponential. You know, exponential is a great word. And I was checking that word up, and that word is a kind of math- mathematical word, and it basically means a function which raises... Some given, one dictionary described it as a function which raises some given constant, the base, to the power of its argument. And exponential increase is not sequential increase. It is not an additional increase. It is not multiplication increase. It is exponential and I want to give you an example of that in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, because I know you guys have been speaking out of Acts recently. <clears throat> Acts 
And the scripture talks about, now all the multitude of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and bought the proceeds of the things that they sold. And laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. This was amazing because there was this exponential, and, and as you read Hacks, there is always exponential increase where the church, 3,000 was added to the church, 5,000 was added to the church. Now what is happening here, that there is this exponential increase that nobody lacks in the church. Can you imagine, if nobody lacked in this church, there was no financial lack, there was no emotional lack, there was no physical lack. There was no lack. The Bible says there was no lack because there was this kind of exponential increase because the church had this let us factor about them. You know something? Let us is healthy. Let me is unhealthy. And we're all into, you know, healthy lifestyle now. You know, we, we eat in the right food. You know, we're doing all the right exercises. We run in, we go into the gym. Everybody's into healthy lifestyle. Who wants a healthy lifestyle? We all want a healthy life. So we're into the running. We're into the right food. You know, and I've, you know, my missus, she's, she's a, you know, she's way out into that stuff. You know, all the salads and all the olives and all the peppers and, you know, and, and, and I'm telling you something, unhealthy tastes bad. Sorry, healthy, sorry, healthy food don't taste good. Healthy food don't taste good. I don't know when you were growing up, my mom would always force cod liver oil down my throat. It was disgusting. And healthy doesn't taste good. And You've got to get used to healthy food. You know, pizzas, yeah, get, let's get those pizzas in. Let's get the McDonald's. Let's get the, you know, fried chicken in. That stuff is right now. now that t- you know, that stuff tastes good, but guess what? It's really unhealthy. So I've had to train my mind to cut that stuff out. You know, to get a salad, to get a pasta to do this, to do that. I've had to train my mind to do it. But that stuff is good for you. That stuff, you know, gives your body health. And the world is into healthy lifestyle, healthy eating. And it's really important for the church to get into a healthy, let us mentality. A healthy, let us factor. Because that's the next thing God is going to be doing. He's going to be doing let us stuff. And so we see in 
the, in, the, in, in, in the early church that there was this exponential increase of growth. People weren't, people weren't struggling financially no more. Everybody had everything in common. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go and you start selling your house and you, know, and you bring all that money to the church. That's not what I'm saying. But because of their let us mentality, because of the way they thought, because of their involvement in each other's life, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the early church was healthy. And there was no lack. When your body is healthy, there is no lack in your body. You're not on medication. You're not on, you don't have to have any special diet. You're not on any drips. Why? Because you have a healthy body. God is looking for a healthy church. And for a healthy church, we have to have a let us mentality, a let us factor. Let us stand in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. And we bless you, God, for your goodness. Lord, your desire is to bless your church. Your desire is to build your church. And I pray, God, that you will assemble us in the name of Jesus. We come together, Lord, but we require your assembling. Hallelujah. And I pray, Lord, that we shall be fully fitted together so that every part will do his share in love for the glory of God the Father. We will stir up one another for good works in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now keep your eyes, heads, eyes closed, heads bow. Is it okay, Keith? So give a... There's somebody in here today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You'd like us to pray for you this morning. I just want you to hold, just raise your hands, raise your hands where you are. We'd love to pray for you this morning. Someone today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. He's not real to you. You haven't submitted your life to Him. You haven't surrendered all your life. You know, the Bible tells us that when we belong to Christ, we are no longer our home. We have been bought with a price. When you give your life to Christ, that means you give up all for Jesus. You give up all your personal desires, all your personal goals for His. And He often gives you back your goals and your desires after he's gone through, after he's gone through him. And there's somebody today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. You'd like us to pray for you this morning. Just raise your hands. We'd love to pray for you. We would love to pray for you this morning. Praise the Lord. Is anyone not well in body? Your body is not well. If you're not well in body, you'd like us to pray for you. Praise God. You know, we've moved into the regal recently, and we've just seen, we're going to pray for you in a minute, we've just seen God's hands upon our ministry in just a marvelous way. We've had so many testimonies of healing. One lady, she got healed of, of facial shingles. The Lord touched her, 
during the praise and worship. One lady, she had a chronic back problem for years, and God touched her, just healed her. One guy, he was visiting our church, and he's had this really bad shoulder for, I, I don't know how long he was just visiting, and the Lord just touched him and healed him and delivered him. And today what I want to let you know that the power of the Lord is here to heal you this morning in the name of Jesus. I just want you to come forward. If you raise your hand, just come forward. We're not going to belong. Just going to ask Keith just to praise God for us just to pray for you for a short while in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Could we just have the praise and worship team up here? We're just going to be two minutes. It doesn't take God long t- a long time to do th- stuff. God, he can do a quick work in a real short time. So, you know, don't worry about the time. You guys are going right now in, a, in, a, in, in the next two or three minutes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Lord, we thank you. We bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Just want you to raise your faith to the Lord right now. In Jesus' name. And believe that God is your healer. He's the one that heals us. He's the one that sets our bodies free. God's will for your life is for you to prosper in your body. There was no lack in the early church. Everyone was healthy. Everyone was healthy. There was no lack. Father, we thank you, Father, today in Jesus' name that there is no lack of health. There is no lack. There is no lack. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the flow of the Holy Spirit.